Amen. You may have a seat. Happy New Year, everyone. Good to see you. Certainly missed you last week. Wanted to give you a quick update on something that we had mentioned to you uh, near the end of uh, last year. I shared with you that we would be looking for a new home. Uh, We really believe that God is leading us to a new place. We have that place Uh, It has not been finalized yet, but we hope that it will be in the next week or two. Uh, It'll be a home for us for this next season, this next chapter in our story. Uh, We're so excited what God is going to do there in that place. And so be praying uh, for us in the days ahead. I hope to have kind of a formal final update for you next Sunday, but at the very latest uh, two weeks from today. So uh, be praying. Well, I don't know when it happened exactly. I don't remember the date or the time, but uh, sometimes throughout the course of this last year, my oldest son came to me and asked me uh, for help with his math, and I didn't know how to help him. Like, I looked at the problem. I vaguely remember doing what he was doing. I looked to the back of the book. I saw the answer. I asked Siri. I asked Alexa. I Googled it. I looked it up. I saw the answer in front of me, but it still was a little fuzzy. I don't know if you've had this experience before when when you look at a math problem and you think that you should know the answer, that it should make sense to you, but it doesn't. It happened to me this past year. Uh, Thankfully, there is a a passage in Scripture uh, where the same thing happens, right? Jesus offers up some math uh, to the people, and when you look at how he solves the problem, when you look at his conclusion, it seems a little fuzzy. And so this morning, I want us to look together at the fuzzy math of the kingdom of God, and I want us to be challenged as a people uh, to risk boldly in faith, uh, in generosity. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Mark chapter 12. Uh, Mark chapter 12, we're going to be in Mark, January and February, and no more. That's it. Maybe the first week of March, I don't know. But we're close. We're close. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 says, And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into uh, the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And so the scene is Jesus is sitting back. He's uh, watching the treasury. He sees his people uh, come and give. Uh, At the treasury, there was these 13 treasure boxes, uh, which were really cool. People called them trumpets. Uh, Because they were like upside-down trumpets, the small part was on top, and then as it went, it grew larger. So when people walked by and and put their offering into the the treasure chest or the box or the trumpet, uh, you could hear the sound of it uh, hit the bottom. You could hear uh, the the change uh, clanging against uh, each other, against one another. And so Jesus is watching as people during the Passover uh, come and gather together and offer uh, their gifts to Yahweh. They offer their gifts uh, to God. And Jesus sees this uh, taking place before him. The Mishnah, which was uh, this book of oral traditions that the Jews passed down, uh, they collected it and they put it in a book. Uh, the Mishnah said that there were specific offerings that the people uh, would give. They would have new shekel dues. Old shekel dues, they would give a a bird offering, a wood, frankincense, 
gold for the mercy seat, and then they had what was called free will offerings, where people would, would just come and give. And so Jesus uh, sees the people in front of them. They uh, clearly don't have their attention drawn to Jesus, uh, but he sees what they're doing. Apparently, uh, Jesus was a people watcher. We have any people watchers here this morning? Anyone that enjoys going to the mall or to a busy place and uh, watching what is unfolding before them? Uh, I have a tendency at times to be a people watcher. Uh, when Melissa and I go to Chicago, the Windy City, uh, we go to one of the 47 Starbucks on Michigan Avenue, and uh, we sit in the front window and we watch as people walk by. And you can learn a lot from people just by watching. Right? You see these people that are dressed nice and like a, like a business suit or a, a, a business uh, apparel, and you look down and, and you notice they have on tennis shoes. And when I see that, I think to myself, these are people who live here and they're going to work. They don't care what shoes they're wearing. They have somewhere to go and they need to get there quickly. Uh, other people are all dressed up and they, they look sharp and uh, some ladies will be wearing dresses and you look down and they have high heels. And I'm like, they're going shopping, right? They're not going to work. So I'm, I'm people watching. I'm, I'm wondering as people walk by, I wonder what their story is. I, I wonder why they're here and what they're doing. Well, apparently Jesus was a people watcher, uh, and he sees before him people come uh, and giving uh, their offerings. Right? We're told in verse 41, he sat down opposite of the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people uh, put in large sums. You know how sometimes you can give online? You know, people have a cause that they want you to, to give to, and, and you believe in the cause, and so you go online and you give a donation. And if you, if you look at the side of your screen, it says so-and-so gave $25, and so-and-so gave $50, and someone gave $100, and then Anonymous gave $200, and you're going, you can see what, what people are giving. Well, Jesus uh, saw what people were giving. He, he noticed. He noticed, and he says that the rich uh, put in large sums. Uh, Jesus here, when he mentions this, isn't condemning the rich. He's not necessarily criticizing the rich uh, in this moment for what they're doing. I think he's just pointing out that the, the rich, who, who had a lot of resources, uh, gave what would have been large sums of money. Now, there are other places in Scripture where we are taught that there are particular ways that we should give or that we ought to give. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 2 says, Thus, uh, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret uh, will reward you. And so the New Testament challenges us to, uh, to give out of proper motives, to, uh, to give in secret, not to announce to the world what we are doing or what we are giving. So we see that play out in Scripture. But here I think uh, Jesus is just making a point that, that there are rich people who gave a lot of money. Verse 42 mentions a new character in the story, a, a poor widow who enters stage right. 
And you can imagine that this woman does not have the means uh, that the rich had. It says in verse 42, a poor widow came and put two small copper coins uh, which make a penny. Right? Her offering was two coins. Right? Small coins were called leptas. Lepta literally means uh, peeled or fine. They were, they were very small. Right? And two of those uh, equaled a, a, a penny. Right? That's what verse 42 uh, says, to, says to us. And so she came uh, probably to the, the trumpet, uh, maybe a little timid. Right? Maybe when she saw the large crowd around her and she saw those who were rich giving a large amounts of money, maybe she heard those coins clang as they fell down uh, the trumpet and she walked up with her, her two little coins. It was apparently everything uh, that she had. Right? She uh, gave everything. Right? She gave everything. Right? This, incidentally, is, is worship. Right, to come to the Lord and say, everything that I have is yours. Right, it, it all belongs uh, to you. I read this story and I think to myself, I don't know if that's wise. I mean, it says it's all she had. I think to myself, she had, she had two coins. Maybe she could just give one and hold on to one. You know, save one for a rainy day. I mean, she has so little, it seems almost foolish uh, for her to give everything. And yet she does. She gives everything. And then Jesus, in this moment, is going to teach his hearers a, a fuzzy math lesson. Right? He's going to teach them something that to the untrained eye or heart seems foolish uh, to you and to me. It says in verse 43, And he called his disciples to him, and he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who were contributing uh, to the offering box. <laughs> I read that and I go, huh? <laughs> no, she didn't. Uh, the rich were putting in lots. Uh, and she put in very little, right? A, a penny. I mean, practically nothing. And yet Jesus here, in essence, says that one penny is greater than $10,000. One penny is greater than $10,000. Now, we don't know if the rich were putting in $10,000. It doesn't say. It doesn't give us a number. That's not the point. The point is what she put in uh, was very little, but apparently to Jesus it was much because he looked at her sacrifice, he looked at her gift, and he said her gift is more than anyone else put in. Her gift is more uh, than what uh, others have contributed uh, to the offering box. And so how... <laughs> How can that be? Because uh, the numbers don't make sense. I mean, you put it on an Excel spreadsheet, you put together a graph of giving. Um, I wouldn't naturally have her on the top. Put in a penny. But Jesus says, oh no, no, she put in more than anyone else. So how uh, can that be? Verse 44 tells us, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. 
right? The, the rich uh, gave out of their abundance, right? She gave out of her need. She gave away 100%. Uh, so when is a penny uh, worth more than $10,000? When's a penny worth more than $10,000? A penny is worth more than $10,000 when generosity is fueled by faith. A penny is worth more than $10,000 when generosity is fueled uh, by faith. In, in other words, what made her gift, gift commendable is not the amount of money she gave. It was the, the faith behind it that said, God, I trust you uh, with everything that I have. Everything. It's, it's all yours. Every last penny is yours. Now, this woman was not a sowing a seed for Jesus. Right? There wasn't some tele-evangelist telling her uh, if she gave all she had that God would multiply it and repay her. It's not what the text said. Right? There was no guarantee that she would give everything that she had and God would pay her back here and now. There was no guarantee that what she gave would be replaced ten or a hundred or a thousandfold. She just gave everything. And Jesus commended her for her actions. Giving that pleases God is giving that is done in faith. And I look at that example that she set, and I think to myself, I, I don't always know how wise that is. I mean, it was everything. It doesn't make a lot of earthly sense to me. Right? If someone comes up to me and says, James, we, we believe in the mission of Christ's point. We, we believe that God is working. We want to support the work here. Uh, here is a check for $50,000. Like, like, that's kissable. I'd be like, praise the Lord. Like, Jehovah Jireh, he is provided. Oh, that's awesome. If someone came up to me and said, James, we, we believe in the mission of Christ's point. We love what God is doing here. Uh, we want to support the ministry. Uh, here's 50 cents. I probably would go like, you can probably keep that. Like, just, just hold on to it. Like, just hold on to it. Right? And, and yet, Jesus looks at that. And he says, you, you want to see a generous giver? Uh, you you want to see someone worship? You want to see someone who's madly in love with me? Let me show you the widow. Like, she gave a penny. She gave everything. This is worship. Two things that we can learn from this passage. Number one, it's impossible, or it's possible, uh, to have a lot and give a lot and have God be thoroughly unimpressed. It's possible to have a lot and give a lot and have the God of the universe thoroughly unimpressed. God is not impressed with the percentage that you give. He's not. He, he is not impressed with, with what your tax statement looks like at the end of the year. He's not impressed with simply a number. Right? The God of the universe wants your heart. Right? He wants your heart. He wants you to give with a glad and generous heart. 
Right? There is a way that we, those who are rich, can give much and have God not be impressed. Uh, when we give and we don't give joyfully, God is not impressed. He's not uh, pleased. If we give begrudgingly or because we feel like uh, we have to, if we give to be noticed or so that our voice will be heard or so that we can have a place at the table, God is not impressed. If we only give out of abundance uh, but not faith, that is not pleasing to God. The God that made you and knows you and loves you wants you to give out of a glad and sincere and a joyful heart. So you can have a lot and you can give a lot and, and God uh, can still be unimpressed. Second thing that we learn is that giving little uh, when you have even less may not get your name on a building, but it got one lady in the Bible, right? I mean... People might not name something after you, right? They may not have a category for $5 givers or, or $10 givers or $20 givers. You, you might not have your name on, on a wing of a building or your university or a, a, a big building downtown, but it apparently got one lady in the Bible, right? And the reason that it got one lady in the Bible is because one lady came to God and gave everything out of faith. He trusted him. He trusted the God that made her. She said, everything I have belongs uh, to you. God is pleased uh, when we give by faith. And so three questions I've been asking myself. This is the first time I've asked these questions, but I've been wrestling with these. Uh, the first one is, does our giving require faith? I say our. Does my giving, does your giving require faith? Does it require faith? Like, is there a sense where you're going, all right, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm trusting you to provide. I'm trusting you to make ends meet. I'm trusting you to show up. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but Lord, I'm, I'm trusting you. Does it require any sort of faith uh, for us, for me, for you to give what we are giving? My second question, does our giving determine our lifestyle or does our lifestyle drive our giving? You know what I mean by that? Does our giving determine our lifestyle? Or does our lifestyle uh, drive our giving? Are, are we a people that kind of want to figure out how we want to live life and how we want to operate and what we want to do and what we want to say yes to? And then we look at what's left over and say, okay, I, I think I can do this. Or do we operate from a standpoint that says, God, everything I have is yours. Like, you, you take it. Like, you take it. It's all yours. And then you look at what's left and you say, okay, Lord, like, let's make this thing work. Like, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Does our, does our giving determine our lifestyle or does our lifestyle, does my lifestyle drive our giving? The third question I've been asking myself that I want us uh, to ask is what uh, does our spending uh, reveal about what we value? Like, what do we value? What are we passionate about? We are passionate about what we pour our resources in, into, our time, our talents, our treasure. And so when you take a step back and you, and you look at your life and you look at your bank statement and your bank account, like, what does it, what does it say about about you. 
Sometimes I look at the numbers and I'm like, does, does this say that I really, really love Starbucks? Or that I, I really, really love the spread of the gospel to the nations? Like, are there times in my life when I'm willing to go, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to I give it away. I don't need that. I don't, I don't have to have that experience. I don't need to enjoy that now. I want to see the gospel spread. Right? So, so do, do I, do, like, do, do we operate that way? If someone were to look, if we were like, here it is, Bank of America, like, take a look at it. See, see how I spend God's resources that he's given and trusted to me. Like, like, look, like, would they reveal, like, a God-honoring, Christ-exalting, like, gospel-centered passion? Or would people look and go, yeah, like, that's not a bad gig. This is not, this is not about per- percentages. This is not about like 10% of gross or 10%. No, like it's, it's not about a number. It's about your heart. It's about my heart. God cares about your heart. You don't please them or earn his favor because you go up a percentage. He just wants your heart. So does our giving require faith? Does our giving determine our lifestyle or does our lifestyle drive our giving? What does our spending reveal about what we value? Listen, church, Christ point. I mean, if you are here today and and you are seven years old or you are 17 years old or 37 or 57 or 67 years old, man, I I pray uh, for you. I pray for me that that we would be a faith-filled generous people, that we would look at what God has given to us and we would delight in giving it away, Uh, that some of us would spend our days making more and more and more and more money and giving it away, and others would make less money and they would give it away, just give it away, right? It's all his anyways. May, May God give us faith-filled hearts so that we would be a generous people. Uh, That is the kind of generosity that brings honor and glory uh, to God. And so may he stir in our hearts such a deep love and affection uh, for him uh, that we give it away. Okay, would you pray with me? God, I, I beg you, that you would stir in our hearts such an affection uh, for you that we would uh, delight in in giving away what you have given uh, to us for uh, your namesake, uh, for the spread of the gospel both here in our community and around the world. God, if if you have blessed us uh, with riches, we thank you. And we beg of you that you would cause us to be a radically generous people. And Lord, if you have blessed us, if you've blessed us with less, we thank you. And we pray that you would help us uh, to be a generous people. Lord, stir in our hearts a faith-filled generosity for your namesake. Uh, God, we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.